Hello and welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. I'm Ian Cheeseman and uh, very much appreciative of the support that I get from charleslouis.co.uk, who are chartered mortgage advisors, who've been the sponsors of the podcast throughout the season. I'm indebted to them. Uh, they are a company who are based in uh, in Rottenstall, Ramsbottom, that sort of area, and they do chartered mortgage advice. Now, that's not just for businesses, although it is for businesses, but also for members of the public who might be thinking of buying um, a, a new property or selling some property and need to bridge something with a mortgage. So if you go to the website, charleslouis.co.uk, then you'll see there's a number on there. There's plenty of advice. There's lots of links. So have a look at it. And obviously, since they've been supporting me this season, which means that all of these podcasts and the vlogs that I do are always free to you, uh, then please mention my name, mention Forever Blue's name, and uh, and tell them that you're a blue, um, if indeed you are a blue. Uh, and you might even get even better treatment. Who knows? Anyway, thanks very much to charleslouis.co.uk. Now, this is a Manchester City podcast. That's why it's called Forever Blue. I've been watching City throughout my life, home and away, 45 years. Hardly missed a single game in that time. Uh, well over 2,000 football matches attended. So City is has, has been and is the centre of my life. And since I left the BBC two and a half years ago, of course, I've been doing podcasts and vlogs. And, and I continue to make my living, as it were, from this industry. However, it does feel to me um, in this time of unprecedented um, things, uh, there's no way of saying it really, that we see football as well as life at a bit of a, of a crossroads, uh, almost without being too dramatic, a moral crossroads. Now, I'm not talking about whether footballers and managers should be being forced to contribute more to the NHS, that's up to them. But all this talk about when it comes back, how it comes back, whether it'll be behind closed doors, uh, wanting to meet contracts, all that sort of stuff, does feel very much as if... Um, that football is a bit of a crossroads. I've been reading an awful lot on social media to sort of back up my own view that if football makes the wrong move at the moment or sometime soon, that it could actually alienate an awful lot of people. Now, whether that's going to be long-term, whether it's going to be short-term, I'm not so sure. It's been my life, it's been my obsession to watch City, so it seems almost sacrilege for me to sit here and think that there might be a time when I'm so disenfranchised with football. So I did emphasise at the beginning we're a Manchester City podcast, but we're talking here about football generally, that I might feel that disenfranchised, that I might not have the same love and the same obsession that I've had throughout my life. I, I, my wife would be astounded to hear me saying this, and and I find it hard to, to say it and and wonder whether... I might change my mind depending on what happens, but I feel as if football is at a moral crossroads. I'm going to talk to lots of people in this hour, lots of different people. Some of the people who've contacted me because I put this subject out as a, something to discuss on social media and asked them to give me their numbers in private, of course, if they wanted to get involved, and that's what they've done. So I'll speak to some of those, and I will speak to some of the people who are regulars on the Forever Blue podcast. And I'm going to kick off, actually, by speaking to Andy, who's one such person. Andy, uh, good afternoon to you. Welcome along. You've heard, Sorry, my, rant. You've heard my rant at the beginning. Um, what, what's your feeling about where we are as, as football? Let, let's not make it about City, because City have yet to declare quite where they stand on all this. Uh, I, feel, I get the feeling that football clubs are, to a certain extent, keeping their powder dry until maybe, I don't know, another sport or, or the government makes a decision. But how do you feel as a long-standing football fan of where we are? Is football at a moral crossroads? Well, to be honest, Ian, uh, I haven't really been following a great deal that's been going on uh, because I've had far higher priorities linked to um, my work. Um, you know, there's an awful lot of things more important right now than, than football. But but saying that, of course, I'm starting to get a little bit um, bored of not having some sport to uh, be entertained by. And that's normally through uh, watching the Blues or the country. And both seem an awful long way away from being realised right now. And I think, we you know, we spoke on the podcast a month ago about what might happen. And I think most of that has actually been um, realised. 
Um, we're at that point now where it's getting tricky as to the steps that particularly UEFA and the Premier League and what they do about closing off the la- last season. I think the, the bottom line is you can't do anything other than wait until it's safe to play football again. And I think anything in between, any kind of way to fulfil commercial uh, contracts and to try and play these uh, these remaining fixtures in a way which doesn't entertain people in stadiums is, is, is going to definitely damage the relationship um, that, that people have. And, it might, and, and even my own, um, you know, it might be that we, we get fulfilled in other ways. But, but the only thing I know from all the years I've been following City is most fans are pretty fickle and they follow, uh, you know, the the good times um, and, and they quickly forget um, things, you know, when a manager's sacked, they quickly forget about him and they move on. I think the City fans, I think we've proven over decades that we stay through it through thin and thin and and when some thick comes along, um, we'll be there as well. Would there be a wrong so, direction? Would there be something that uh, football or City could do that would end that relationship? Yeah, I think to try and conclude the season behind closed doors um, and simply say, well, here's your money back for your season ticket. Sorry, there's no football. I think I think it's going to take a lot to get um, to get me excited again. Um, you know, as I say, I'm missing it. So maybe my own fickle nature needs that release of getting together with people I want to be with on a weekend or midweek. I saw I Gary James. You, you know Gary James like I do, yeah, a club historian, yeah. and and he was talking about back in the war years uh, you know that was talking about uh, suspending the the football and one of the arguments for playing on was that it would boost morale in difficult times and one of the 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 reasons that behind closed doors is being justified uh, by the football authorities and possibly by the football clubs is that it would boost morale so if so I, obviously my my job's to play devil's advocate in this argument regardless of what i think so let's let's say that football came back behind closed doors, that there was a way of doing that and that it was free to all season ticket holders who played for their ticket, um, that it was heavily discounted um, for those who didn't, that the NHS, for example, would get the the people who worked for the NHS, uh, who were all singing the praises of care words, quite Mm -hmm. rightly, um, had free access to all this. The argument would be that this would boost morale and this would give us something to to get behind and get behind our teams. And and the players said, well, we'll, part of which they're doing already, part of our wages will go towards the charities. Part of the profits, the clubs might say, would go to help the NHS. Would, would, Would that then mean that this your argument about not playing behind closed doors would would go and and you'd be quite cool with it no i don't think so because i think it's going to be tainted whatever they do because you're not you're not telling me that all of these players uh, coaching staff and other people involved in the game itself are going to be free of this virus just because they isolate themselves away in some uh campus um they're gonna this is this is something which is inevitably going to affect everybody so I think all they're doing is propagating a bigger problem by making it look like everything's okay when it isn't. So I think that's the danger. I think it has to be at least possible to to start this season again or, or, or as some people have talked about, is chalk it off altogether. And that would have its own um, implications. I think, I think we're looking at nothing really possible to do safely until at least the autumn. And by then, you know, you, you could be just saying, let's just finish the season as over two seasons, we could be getting into that that length of delay. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure I buy into the the morale um, point. I wasn't old enough. I'm not old enough to remember the war, um, so I, I can't speak about that. But I'm sure people had other priorities. So this is a question I'm going to ask everybody. I suppose is you're the the president of the world now, president of the football world. Anyway, what do you do next? Well. Uh, it's a very difficult question to answer. Um, I think you've got to simply say that football cannot be uh, played uh, in in its conventional stadium fashion um, for the foreseeable future. And um, you've got to ask yourself, what damage do I do by starting in the not safe environment? And what reputation will football have as a consequence of that? 
or vice versa, you say, right, we're having a pause. Nothing's going to happen until a period which gives us at least some chance of getting past the, 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 the biggest part of this. Um, and the reality of that is that a lot of football will not exist because organisations that run football just can't survive the financial reality. So I think it's an almost impossible question um, and that there's a, there are risks involved, health risks primarily, but financial risks, and it's the balance between those two. And so if I was president of football, I'd probably resign. Hmm. Honest answer. Andy, thanks very much for your contribution. <laughs> thanks, Ian. All the best. Now, next up, I'm going to speak to Kevin Cummins, who uh, is quite well known to City supporters because of the fantastic uh, photograph he's done of City in the past. For example, at the, uh, the end of Main Road and uh, other photograph books like that. But he's a lot more than that. He's, he's also a very well-known photographer of uh, pop and rock legends down the years. But... More importantly than anything in this conversation, he is an absolute die-hard City fan who goes home and away and who is obsessed as I am. So clearly has a, a very valid view on where City and football is. The question I'm asking today, Kevin, is is football, not just City, football at a moral crossroads? Do you know what um, I mean by that and, and what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think it is, actually. I think... Um I think a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people at the moment, because they're not working, have a lot of, have more spare time, perhaps. So they're spending a lot of time on social media. But I think that a lot of people are finding it very distasteful what's going on in the game at the moment, with the clubs bickering about TV money and so on. I mean, there are easy answers. I mean, maybe there aren't easy answers. For our, from our point of view, I think there are some easy answers. I think there's no reason why Sky and BT can't let the clubs keep the money they've paid. But maybe next season, um, make it up by putting a few extra games in. So is that what you'd do? I mean, obviously, one of the big suggestions is that football returns relatively soon, behind closed doors, to finish the season off. What's your view on that? I don't that? think football should be played behind closed doors. That's the same as saying football's a spectator sport and without fans, football's nothing. Football played in an empty stadium is the same as a play being played in an empty theatre. Um, it's the connection between the fans and the, and the uh, players. And I think with, with football, um, the idea of playing it in an empty stadium is purely for the money. It's taking nothing that we've ever done into consideration. And if they think so little of us, I think there'll be quite a lot of people questioning whether to go or not next season when we're back to some kind of relative normality. But isn't the truth, though, that once football returns and we all can return, that, that fans might be a bit upset that they miss some games, but... We'll just go back anyway because it's the life. Just, um, that's one way of looking at it. There's another way of looking at it, and that is that for people like me and a lot of people I know who go to every game home and away, um, we've been addicted to it for so long. And, uh, you know, we've been put in positions sometimes where we've, you know, we've spent hours getting to an away phone, going on three different flights going on trains that break down, all this kind of stuff, and getting quite anxious because we're not going to get our fix. And now that that spell's been broken and we're all going cold turkey in a way, um, I think that um, we realise that perhaps uh, we don't have to go to every single game. Yeah, I mean, that is the concern. I remember having a conversation with a city director many years ago when the full Members' Cup came in and uh, and I was having to get time off work to go to every single game like you, home and away. And when the full Members' Cup came along, I thought, these are more games, midweek games that I've now got to juggle my life around. And I was complaining to this director saying, why are you doing it? You might only get four, five, six thousand attending these these games. And that they're, you know, they're just a joke. But for me, as an obsessive, I've still got to go to the games. And if, if I can't get to one of these games and I break the habit, I might do it again 
That's what you're talking about, really, isn't it? That once the habit is broken, even if you're a fan who only goes to the home games. You know, I went to every single full members cup game. Um, I went, you know, I went to the Johnson's paint trophy against Mansfield. I, you know, I went to uh, I went to Moscow when we were locked out, and I managed to get a press ticket so I could go to that game. I don't think I think. I think football clubs don't like it, but I think they take our they take our loyalty for granted sometimes. And I think that with this, um, I, I, I'm quite disappointed with the way some football clubs are behaving. And I'm not including City in that. I think that a lot of clubs are behaving appallingly. And I think the season should be scrapped. I think the season should be scrapped. If we were 20 points clear at the top, I still think the season should be scrapped because I think there's more important things going on at the moment and I think we should start afresh in August. You can't just say give Liverpool the title or give City second place or anything because you've got a scrap down at the bottom that needs sorting out as well and you've got promotion and relegation in the other divisions and a massive problem there is that clubs like Sunderland um, bank on getting promotion because they've virtually spent the money already taking a risk on go you know on whether they can go up or not and so it's going to be disastrous right through the league but i think that is the only way to deal with it kevin thanks very much for your contribution really appreciate it okay no problem thanks so next up is John Stapleton, who uh, you will know from the TV, who's also another huge City fan. And probably, and maybe I'm being unfair on, on you with this question, John, but probably has a bit more of insight of the television world and, and what goes on. When I say, you know, you have an insight into it, I mean specifically this type of thing where TV deals exist and clubs want to honour them. But given the debate that we're having at the moment about whether football is at a moral crossroads and whether it should return behind closed doors and the pressure that is on football clubs to meet the deals that they have with Sky and BT, etc. As a as an absolute obsessive football fan, as I know you are, where do you stand on the whole debate? Well, I think there has to be a bit of give and take. I mean, these are extraordinary circumstances, Ian, and, you know, I, th- I can understand the television companies wanting to uh, stick to the contract which everyone's read and duly signed and and uh, one would in normal circumstances expect everyone to abide by but these are extraordinary times and there's maybe a case for television companies saying okay well we've got to give away, give away a little bit here because uh, many clubs uh, not necessarily Manchester City but many clubs are in are in you know very perilous situation uh, and uh, even in the Premier League, a potentially parallel situation, and you know they could they could be going out of business if they if they you know, have to fulfil these contracts and pay up without the games uh, actually actually being played. So yeah, I think there is a case for television, you know, sitting back and taking a look at this and thinking, well, maybe like everyone else, particularly those on the NH- on the front line of the NHS, we have to do a bit extra. What what do you think football should do if it was in a perfect situation? If you were the president of football, uh, if we create a new position for you, would you return with football behind closed doors? Would no. you see it as something to lift the morale of the country, uh, or or would you do something else? I would hate the prospect of football behind closed doors. I suspect we might get it, whether we hate it or not. Uh, I, I hate the prospect. I mean, I think it's uh, for a start. I think the idea is potentially hazardous, to put it mildly, not just for the players, but for the officials who'd have to be around in any stadium, no matter how sort of excluded they were from the rest of society. But also, it's just it's not, not the game you know, we all love, is it? You know, I mean, we, 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 as you all know, we've seen each other all over the country. We go home and away to watch Man City because of the fantastic, fantastic atmosphere to give our, our support over the years to our, the, the club we, we love. And you can't do that sitting in an armchair at home 200 miles away. It's as simple as that. You know, there's no atmosphere. Uh, there would be a lack of, I suspect, a lack of competitive spirit. And I think, you know, it would make a mockery of the whole thing, quite frankly. I spoke to Kevin Cummins, who I know you know as well, a few yeah. moments ago, and, uh, you know, wondered whether or not um, if the habit is broken because games are suddenly on TV, that this lifetime obsession, which I know you've had as well, could be broken, uh, and and not just talking about extreme people, uh, if you want to call it call them that, as as the likes of us, but even the more casual supporter who maybe goes to a number of home games and uh, doesn't particularly go away, that whether or not suddenly when games are played behind closed doors, 
it becomes an easier option to not go anymore, especially given the financial pressure that so many of us are under. It's a real possibility, Ian, and, you know, it's hard enough as it is, uh, uh, the way things stand in the normal circumstances where we get, you know, games played on, well, heaven forbid, Friday night and, you know, 5.30 on a, on a Sunday getting to and from. I mean, for me, I live in London, as you know, I've done for 50 years, but I'm born and bred in, in, in the north in, uh, in Oldham and saddle of area you know getting get to games coming back from manchester at 5 30 on a saturday or a sunday night it's not the easiest thing in the world apart from apart from the cost it would alienate it potentially would alienate a lot of people and uh, uh, it is possible that they, they wouldn't return you know because it's you know let's not forget this is a costly business these days you think football's going to be different when it comes back then I think it might well be. Um, I mean, I was I was looking. I was on Twitter this morning uh, because I, I I'm I don't know about anybody else, but I'm I'm finding all this dilly dallying over you know who should give what and to whom uh, between the clubs and some of the players uh, uh, on the edge of sort of well, not just not just boring, but um, you know uh, obscene almost actually. I mean, we've got a national crisis. I mean, almost a thousand people are, die, are dying a day. And to be dilly-dallying over, you know, who should give what to whom, whether or not they should rely on a government scheme to, to bail them out, where in some cases that clearly isn't justified. I mean, I think Liverpool have been found out very badly over this one. I think he's just, you know, morally repugnant, quite frankly. And I think that, that, in, that in itself will alienate a lot of people as well. So will you still go? If, if of course I will. Yeah. You know, you know me, yeah. come on. Well, you're uh, saying yeah, that. I, I'm questioning yeah. me. I, I, honestly, I've been so obsessed of every single game, home and away, 45 years. Yeah. Even I'm questioning whether if I'm forced to break the habit, and especially given all of the, the moral dilemmas that we have in the background of all this, whether this might, might finally break me. Well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm distressed to hear that, Ian. I fully understand why you're saying that. I, I genuinely do. Uh, I don't think it'll break me because I'm, you know, I'm retired now. I don't, I don't do a lot these days. I'm mainly retired, uh, and so I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a highlight of my week going to watch City, you know, wherever it is, whenever it is. Uh, and I, I would not wish to give it up under any circumstances. But I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned, and I think the game will have to, as it were, reset. Jeff, what, Jeff Durbin, an old pal of mine from City, you'll remember very well was on Twitter this morning saying that in his view the game will have to reset. A lot of clubs will have to just say goodbye to all these silly wages that people, players are being paid and silly bonuses, etc., etc. Uh, and, and uh, you know, they'll have to rethink their entire financial structure of the game. And that may change things too. You know, and, and arguably, that may, be, that may be a good thing. You know, it, it's, it's, there, there may be a silver lining at the end of this dark cloud. I hope there's some sort of uh, silver lining somewhere, John, because it's uh, it's not great at the moment. Uh, thanks very much for chatting to us, and hopefully Pleasure. I'll see you at a game fairly soon. Let's hope so, and cheers, fella. So next up is a voice that you will have heard on the City Forever Blue podcast before, which is Emily. Um, we've heard from Kevin and John and Andy, and the question is, is football at a moral, at a, a, a crossroads really, a moral crossroads? Which way does it go now? Will, it, will whatever it decides to do, I'm not talking just City here, potentially alienate people? How, how do you feel about it all, Emily? Yeah, I feel really conflicted by it all, if I'm being honest, Ian, because obviously it goes without saying that I absolutely love football and, you know, I'd go as far to say as that, in normal circumstances, my life does kind of revolve a lot around it and my timetable is dictated by the fixtures like most people. Um, I just don't think it's sitting right with me morally at the moment with how football is just continually trying to press forward with completing the season at the earliest given opportunity. Um, bearing in mind the lives uh, that are at stake at the moment and the amount of people that we're losing every single day um, and the advice that we're being given to by the government as well we're all being told to to stay indoors to you know protect other people and then football just seems to be hell bent on moving forward and, and finishing the season regardless and it really doesn't sit right with me at all and in my opinion I just think it stinks. 
Let's say, though, let, I'm playing devil's advocate here, that um, the, the, the curve that we all know about flattens right down, the number of case, cases are a lot lower, the, the National Health Service is coping, and football's argument might be that by having football, that it lifts the morale of the country, uh, it means that people have something to watch, something to get excited about, something to distract them from what's going on, and that by playing behind closed doors, there's no risk to you or your family, uh, that you're offered maybe free season ticket to Sky and BT and every other streaming channel whilst you're stuck at home. Would you not see a benefit potentially from that? Well, football for me without fans is nothing. Football and fans, you know, the fans need to be there. But if the government advice changed and we were all allowed to leave our houses and, you know, pubs and bars and restaurants, opened again so the government advice was kind of um, relieved a little bit if you like then potentially if there were certain procedures in place that would mean that there were you know safe scenarios but then still I, I just seeing that the games played out behind closed doors without the fans there it would be heartbreaking for me it just seems that the square root of it all is money and that's money rules all doesn't it and the fans just kind of come last Kevin suggested when I chatted to him that it, it might break his, his habit you know that if he missed a few games because they were behind closed doors that after it came back again uh, back in front of crowds he might think well I've missed a few anyway so I might miss a few more mm, yeah and I've seen a couple of people already um, in City circumstance in particular where they're saying obviously to continue paying your season ticket. I've seen a few people on Twitter already saying that they've cancelled the direct debit and City are threatening with cancelling their season ticket entirely and they said do it. I'm, I don't care right now because I've kind of fallen out of love with football. Now I'm not at that point right now. I don't feel as severely as that but my patience is really being pushed with it and seeing them so hell-bent on finishing no matter what, um, just kind of the total disregard for the fans is what really makes me feel ill throughout it all. And, you know, go like I say, going against the government advice as well, it just, it's contradictory, but it's all driven by money and finance. And it just shows you that the, the money is more important in football than the fans. And that's not right. The most important thing I know for you and, and for me and for everybody who's listening to this is our families and our friends. So uh, stay safe. Uh, thanks very much for your views. Thank you, Ian. Thanks so much. Stay safe. Now, before I talk to our next caller, um, I'm going to just read you something out that has been announced on Saturday afternoon. Um, so obviously, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, this might be old news or... If you're listening to it straight away, as soon as it's released, it might be news that you don't even know. But anyway, the FIFA president, who is Gianni Infantino, has said that it would be irresponsible for football to return while there is even the slightest risk to life. The football authorities across the world are busy planning when it'll be safe to return. Uh, some, for example, the Bundesliga in Germany, are talking about maybe the end, uh, the part of May, early part of May, uh, is coming back. Whilst at the moment, the Premier League has said that no training should start at least until the 16th of May, uh, with a view to resuming games in mid-June, and predicts it will ne uh, need nearly two months to finish their campaign. Um, however, um, Infantino says, our first priority, our principle, the one we will use for all our competitions, encourage everyone to follow, is that health comes first. He says, I can't stress this enough. No match, no competition, no league is worth risking a single human life for. Everyone in the world should have this very clear in their mind. It would not be, uh, it would be far more um, sorry, I'll start that again. It would be more than irresponsible to force competitions to resume if things are not 100% safe. If we have to wait a little longer, then we must do so. It's better to wait a little longer and not take any risks. Now, Mo's been listening to that statement, and Mo is the next one who I'm going to invite to give a view. I asked people on social media if they wanted to uh, contribute to today's podcast, and I saw a very eloquent statement made by Mo. So... What do you want to say? Is, is is football at a moral crossroads? If they make the wrong move here, you as a football fan, as a City fan, could you walk away from the game or whatever happens, will will you still always be loyal? 
Uh, well, I'm glad to hear that statement. I haven't heard that uh, before the uh, podcast, um, and I'm glad to hear it because I was very, very concerned hearing about football coming back behind closed doors, which made it feel to me as if it wouldn't be safe to do so. Um, to me, it's got to be safe. It, um, these are people's lives, and people are feeling more and more um, the, the situation that we're in. This is a crisis. This is not, this is not normal. Um, and to make football out to be more important than what is going on, um, I, I have found very, very obscene. Yes, I think um, I think football will recover. Um, given time, I think people will start to go back to matches. But my feeling at the moment is that I'm just so disgusted with statements that have been made about it's important to finish the season, etc., etc., to me, I feel um, it would be far more important even to cancel the season um, as a mark of respect to, to those that have died, um, to those who are struggling at the moment, to, to our wonderful, wonderful frontline uh, workers, um, to show them that, no, football is not more important than what's going on. I mean, myself... Um, my sister's been very, uh, extremely poorly just recently, and, and for 10 days we were living a nightmare um, because we couldn't go to her, um, we couldn't help. But the um, the frontline workers there, the paramedics, the, the council, the carers, the health workers, the volunteers, they've, they've all given sacrificially uh, at this time. People are... Um, going, you know, over the odds. They, they, they're doing more than they should do. They're, they're, they're really being sacrificial. People are losing jobs. So why should football clubs, um, the Premier League, the television companies, not in some way help sacrificially as well? Um I just think that some of the, the talk is, is saying that, for instance, if we say that this has got to be played behind closed doors because it, it will cheer people up. I'm sorry, it won't cheer people up. We know it's about money. We know it's about television rights. We know it's about getting... Um, uh, uh, money in the coffers there. What, what if, though, I'm, I've got to play devil's advocate whenever okay, I'm cool. talking about this. What, what if it was all free to you? You know, you could watch it for free. Uh, all the NHS staff were told, you know, this is something you can watch then when you have your downtime. It'll be free to you. In fact, some of the money that we're taking from television will be ploughed back into the, you know, the, the care workers and, and the police and, and all the great people, even the, the people who come and empty our bins and, and shop workers who are, who are working through all this. If, if that's the way it's pitched, would that not make any difference? Well, it might if, it, if, it, if we felt it was true. <laughs> It might, in the same way that um, the clubs have helped out. I mean, I'm so proud of City uh, for the things that they've done, the way they've helped out, and now the players are getting together to help. And they, they they've turned that they've turned that around in that saying, no, you know, um, I, I wish more areas of business would do that as well. So, so yeah, it, I think. I just hope they're not shamed into doing it. And again, if it's it's got to be safe, hasn't it? It's got to be people first. It's got to be um, for the right reasons. Um, Could football lose you as a football fan if it makes the wrong move? I think it might. I think it might. Um, and and I'm 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 mad passionate football. I love my football, and I, I missed it at the beginning. Um, but I have I have been just so disappointed, and and um, when it's become more important 
um, and if they they were still to pitch it at that level that it's it's still more important, then then yes, they would lose me. Best of luck to your sister. Best of love to her, uh, and of course to you. Thank you. Good, yeah. good, good. Well, it's good to hear. Well, listen, you know, thanks very much for your contribution and for your heartfelt comments, which you might make people think, but it's a debate that's going to go on until something's oh, yeah. decided, really, isn't it? Yes, yes. Let's just hope they make the right decisions for the fans and for the people. Fingers crossed. Okay. So from Mo to Sean, who uh, joins us next, um, what, what's your view? Is, is football, is... Is City, although it's not specifically City, this question, but is football at a moral crossroads and where should it go from here, Sean? Yeah, 100%. I think the biggest challenge for football at this at this moment is, especially the clubs, is whether they're going to side with the fans um, who want to play the games in stadiums or they want to go with the partners who you know potentially want to do it behind closed doors, do it in China. Um, and, and not um, bring in those fans who, who've been there probably week in, week out for a number of years. And, you know, you look at Manchester City fans, you know, through the years, you know, I've supported the club over over nearly 40 years. And, and the same people are going, whether we were in the third tier or whether we've been in the Champions League. You know, you're going to tell those people who've been home and away, who've spent their, 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 their life following the club, that they can't go and see see see, see the team play in a, on a Saturday because... Um, somebody in Sky or somebody in BT Sport has decided um, we're not going to give you the money. They're holding them to ransom and saying, um, you know, unless you play the games, you know. So I think we're, we're at a position where nobody knows when we're going to get out of this um, COVID nineteen situation. But we've got to be clear, you know, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to stick to our values. And the values of football clubs for me is the fans. The fans should always come first. And no matter which uh, which way uh, you know commercial partners or or outside bodies are pushing the business uh, the business of football because football you know primarily is a club as a sport as a as a community and and not a uh, not a business toy you know and over the years that's obviously shifted it's changed and even our club if we look at them um, you know if we look at what we we've, we've had you know pumped into the into the club you know would we be in the same place without commercial partners you know Definitely not. You know, you you look at the the uh, the wealth of uh, of our owners that you know brought in you know Etihad Airways and, and and a number of other big partners over the last few years. Are, are, are we you know immune to this? No, not at all. But I think we've got to, as a um, as a society, look at what football is about. And if you look back in the last time we had interruptions in, in football league, um, back to the to the to the world wars, you know, they, it was used as a as a uh, as as a tool for you know, making people feel good about themselves. So I think, yeah, when I when, when you look at it, you've got to do it in front of the stadium. You've got to do it at the right time, um, or not at all. You know, and and that's and that's the point where we need to be able to get to a situation where you know, football league has to kick back in August. You know, Premier League has to kick back on. We've got to get back to normality once we pass this stage. Otherwise, you know, fundamentally everything is is, is going to change from from a calendar and a sync perspective. Um, and, and I think you know we've got we've got to we've got to make sure that when we do do it, we do it right and we do it for the right reasons. And the right reasons for me is people can go and support the club um, and can you know it can can have their match days because it's not just about the the ninety minutes on the park. It's it's the uh, it's it's the camaraderie. It's been in the pub. It's it's the chat. It's it's you know mental health stuff. You know that people have said that. You need, you know, you men especially, you need to get out, you need to go with your mates, you need to have some beers, you need to let steam off, and that's exactly what football does for society. You've you've expressed that view very clearly and very eloquently, Sean. Is that a black and white view? Could you be persuaded that that there might be some sort of compromise where games being played behind closed doors lifts the spirits of everybody, and especially if it was made free uh, to, to people, um, particularly the hard-working people who are making our lives a little bit more tolerable at the moment? It's black and white for me. You know, you can't do it. You know, football is a spectator sport, you know. You've been to, you know, hundreds of games. You know, you know, fans can, can be that 12th man, you know, and, and it's been used more than one time, you know, against us, for us, you know, home or away, wherever you go, you know, there is that, you know, fans do, you know, create the atmosphere, you know, set the tone for the players on the pitch a lot of the times, especially... You know, when you're away and and you hear the noise of the fans, you know, in the away end, you know, that that cheese up the players. If you're playing in an empty stadium and all you can hear is echoes and balls bouncing around, 
that's not football, you know. And, I, and I've watched some of the Australian league games that have been behind closed doors over the last few weeks before they shut themselves down, and it was atrocious. You know, it was a tro- It was it was like watching a Sunday league game where you're hearing people shouting and screaming on the pitch, and just it's just not football. You know, football is about the fans, it's about the atmosphere, and it's about people who you know support the club week in week out. As I say, to probably you know build their lives around the clubs. I mean, if the clubs went and said, no, you know what, we're going to do it because our commercial partners want us to do it, it's it's a kick in the teeth, you know? And I, I think, you know, some of the clubs, and our club may be included, will go, do you know what, if we lose some fans, we lose some fans, but we'll get them back, you know, because football is a tribal thing, you know, don't worry about it, we can we can get these people back. But, you know, if, you, if you're willing to do it, you know, once, that's it's a slippery slope, right? You know, it's all of a sudden we'll see potential Premier League games getting played in New York or in Los Angeles or out in China for big money because we'll have started that slippery slope of not having our local fans or our local people in the stadium supporting their clubs, which is which is atrocious, you know. And I think, you know, I've seen I've seen games in in um, you know, where we've been involved, you know, out in, in the Champions League and there was, you know, more than a handful of people in the stadium. But it makes a difference, right? You were there, you've seen it, you the players aren't necessarily as engaged and, 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 and as, you know, up for it, you know, and especially with some of, um, you know, the, the, the clubs that we, we, we have to put ourselves up against, you know, in the run-in, you know, we want to finish strongly. We don't want to, we don't want to just, you know, play for the sake of playing because if there's nobody there, you know, that might be the attitude of the players. They might, they might not turn up. You know? This and might I'm, be an inc- impossible question for you to answer, Sean, because you've made your point very well. Um, do you think that you're in a minority, that we're in a minority, or do you think that this is a, a view that is very widely held? Well, I think, you know, traditionally, Manchester City have always been about, you know, local fans. And, you know, if you look at our core supporters, group, 30, 35,000 week in, week out, you know, went when we were in the third tier. You know, we look at us now, you know, we're, 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 we're not that much different. You know, we've added a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of tens and thousands of people to 50-odd thousand. You know, but we are, you know, in, in, in a lot of sense, we are a, uh, we are probably more local than, than than most of the support in most of the leagues, you know, um, in, in the Premier League anyway. When you look at, um, you know, you go to Anfield, you go to Old Trafford, you know, very heavily tourist destinations on a, on a match day. Yeah, you know, we see it when we um, when we play when we play against those, and it, it, those you know fans may you know be, be be more important to those clubs. You know, if they can get people in I don't know Ireland or the US tuning into the games, they might look at that as a commercial opportunity. I don't think I don't think we should be doing that. I don't think we need to do that. You know, I think we've got core support of of um, of you know of of our fans who we would be rightly annoying, and I think. You know, some people will say, "Oh, we need to do it for, for, um, for, for, for the pure, um, you know, administration of the game." That's absolute rubbish. You know, that's absolute rubbish. Where we are now, you could do it very easily, like they've done in in, in rugby union in the lower tiers of rugby union. They've gone and they've said, "Let's do a, a a median of where people were and the games that they played, the scores that they had in those games, and that's the final table. Let's go and do it." Yeah, you know, and that's and that's simple. It's 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 not rocket science. Where the biggest challenge for Premier League clubs will come from from the from the um, from the league the legal teams. You know, this isn't this isn't something that you know we're involved in. Thankfully, you know, a relegation battle, but the there are clubs that are down there that might say, oh, we, we would have had a stronger finish, you know, than the, the average that we've been hitting for the last, you know, X amount of months or whatever. So that's where, you know, that's where the biggest challenge is going to come from from the Premier League. It's not going to be what we, what we're thinking or what, you know, what uh, the real fans are thinking. There's a legal challenge, there's commercial partners and things like that. So I, I am you know, worried that we will, you know, become a minority very quickly because, you you look at clubs like Bournemouth. Reading this morning that Bournemouth they're potentially you know bankrupt because of this because they'd already spent the money from the um, the TV rights and if that TV rights money is frozen they're bankrupt. The bus good good luck they're gone. You know nobody's going to bail that out of you know seventy eighty million. You know so there's there's a moral there's a moral dilemma in in those relegation spaces and in in the uh, in the financial books which has legal implications obviously. But I think you know we we, we need to you know look at it for the health of the long term and you know for me 
football fans have you know, had the lifetime value of the club, not a commercial partner that comes and goes. And if it, and frankly, if Sky are holding holding clubs ransom, that's not a partner. That's not a partnership. You know, times like this where you need your partners to be strong, you need them to be uh, you know mutually strategic in this. If they do that, then you know they're going to be in trouble. And you've got, you're just still a queue of people who want Premier League rights. You know, Amazon is sitting there waiting. Twitter have spoken about it. Facebook has spoken about it as well. You know, you've got to you've got to be um, you know you've got to be cognizant of you know it's not the only game in town these days. So if, you know, did the Premier League need to step up? They need to speak to the clubs and then identify where the weaknesses are. Try and help where the weaknesses are if they can. And, and then make the decision. But I think it's a very slippery slope, as I said, that we go down the route of closing the stadiums and playing them in foreign countries because that's that's not the Premier. That's not our local football team. That's not our club. And and it's it, it's a it's a very very you know I would say bad slap in the face to those supporters who who are loyal week in week out. Well, thanks very much, uh, Sean. Uh, right, next up we've got Paul. Paul, what do you think about the, the question I'm asking today, which is whether football is a, a moral uh, crossroads and if it goes the wrong way, it could lose a lot of fans. Is that where you stand or have you got a different take on it all? Well, I think it's interesting, isn't it, that the, the club have done two, two things. On one level, they've done the right thing by not furloughing all the staff, uh, which would have saved them a couple of million quid, which in football terms is, is not a huge amount of money. But on the converse side, they're still taking money out of the accounts of season ticket holders, many of whom have been furloughed and, are, and at best 80% of their salary, and at worst may not even have a job to go back to. And yet they're still taking that money. And it struck me they're taking that money really to subsidise the grotesque wages that our players are on. You know, some of our players are on nearly a quarter of a million pounds a week, and that money's been taken from people's accounts. Uh, hard test people in this crisis, um, just basically to fund those grotesque wages. So I think we are at a crossroads. Do we, as fans, want to continue to subsidise huge pay packets for players, or do we want a more realistic, community based approach to football? And I think that's where we're at in terms of. With moral crossroads, and I think a lot of fans are really considering who they want to spend that sort of money with the club anymore. The other side of the argument, of course, Paul, and that's my job to put the other side, is that footballers are contributing quite richly. Uh, they pay a very high rate of tax. So when you say that some players are earning a quarter of a million pounds, actually, although it's still a big amount, they might actually, if that was the figure, quarter of a million pounds, they'd actually be taking home £125,000 a week. And if they're then giving 30% of that to charity or to the NHS or whoever they choose to do it, they are still making huge contribution through their taxes, etc. Um, and, of course, you as a supporter have always had the right not to go and say, well, I don't pay that for a player, uh, but... Presumably, you've always wanted the best players and so have backed the theory of just paying whatever they need because I don't know how many times I've heard fans say, just pay whatever it takes. You know, we need them, we want them. They're the best player in the world. So isn't that the other side of your argument? Of course, of course. But there's a number of things to unpick there. Firstly, you asked me the question, are we at a moral crossroads? And what I'm saying is that when we're losing two billion quid a week, out, a, week a day out of the British economy, is it, is it reasonable going forward for this, for this grotesque amount of money that all players have been uh, paid, not just our club, but all, play, uh, all clubs? You, you rightly say that at the moment, players are donating a, a third of their salary to, uh, to the NHS, and I applaud that. I think that's a fantastic achievement. But when, when the crisis is over, they'll still, still go back to the big money that most people just find grotesque. And I think, I think really what we're talking about is, as fans, is it reasonable in the midst of this crisis to still take direct debits out of people's accounts when they may be on furlough or may be facing unemployment? The bigger question, as you rightly say, is we as fans may decide we want to walk away and not have a season ticket and make a point. But at the moment, the club are still taking significant amounts of money out of people's pay packets and out of people's uh, direct debits. Uh, in a time of crisis. And I think that's unacceptable as a, as a fan. Whilst I think there's done a lot of good things around uh, donating uh, money 
um, and donating uh, and making sure people are furloughed. The other thing I would say to you is, is this. Uh, City and United are the big, big, big uh, song and dance about donating uh, money to a food bank. Uh, and that was a good thing. But it's good each, land each, £50,000 each, which in, in, in footballing terms is like me giving 2p to a food bank. So I think we need to say, if we're a moral crossroads, there's a lot of things we need to unpick going forward. And I think one of the things we need to unpick is, do we think football is to be paid upwards of 100 grand a week? And the other issue, as you rightly say about, just to touch on the tax thing, if anyone thinks that players aren't tax efficient, aren't using all all you know, the uh, uh, tricks and, and, and things that an accountant can use to make sure that people are tax efficient, I'm not suggesting anyone's dodging the taxes, but become tax efficient. And players may, may not be paying half their wages like, like people expect. So I think there's a time now for us to sit down as fans and say, look, do we want to subsidising these players to this extent? And more importantly, are we happy that the club are taking out money uh, from people who are very hard pressed during the middle of this crisis? The other question is whether or not football could, should return behind closed doors. What's your view on that? Well, I, there's no point in that. Uh, I, I'm not only a football fan, but I'm a theatre fan as well. I go to the theatre a lot. And when you go to the, when you go and watch uh, a production at a cinema, it, it, it's okay, but the experience is very different. Football is a communal thing. If 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 if, if the club is saying if the club is saying that they're going to be playing uh, games behind club uh, closed doors in the future, then I would I would be I would be wanting my money back because there's no way I, w- I want to, uh, the club to be playing games behind closed doors. Even if it's free to even if it's free to you, Paul, and you can watch all the rest of the games for free at home, um, would you not? Uh, is that not better than than not playing any football at all? Well, I, th- I think if it's free, that 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 might be one thing. But the reality is that we're being told that this lockdown or the, the the safety measures that we're rightly putting in place may last for for a lot longer than we anticipated. And of course, football being a communal thing. Uh, they won't necessarily want forty to fifty thousand people in, in close, relatively close proximity. So I think that long term it might it might be that we, that games are played behind closed doors. But for me, I prefer to watch football as, as a live experience. That's why I hold a season ticket. If I didn't, if I was happy with just watching football on the box and having to see it on Sky Television, then I'd have a Sky TV subscription, not a season ticket. The reason I spend a lot of money on a season ticket is I want that communal experience. So whilst it would be nice for the club to give us the games for free, if in the long term it's going to be played behind closed doors, then there's no point in me having a season ticket and I would, I'd, be, I'd be giving that season ticket up. Because for me, and I think for most fans, football is a communal experience. We enjoy the atmosphere and we enjoy the communal nature celebrated or as for most city fans for many, many years, commiserated when things were kept going horribly wrong. We're in a golden period now and I think we want to sit together uh, and, and if you want to see an example of that, uh, I was at the Carabao Cup final, that was a fantastic day out great atmosphere, uh, big atmosphere in the ground. If I'd watched that on the telly, a very, very different experience. Well that was Paul uh, next up is Andy um, a lot of people are saying to me Andy that uh, football is a bit of a moral crossroads where do you stand? Um I stand that uh, football is not important at the moment. People's lives are. And um, I think the last thing we should be thinking about at the moment is football. Um, Our players, our backroom staff need to stay safe. And for me, football can only start once it's safe to do so. But you know that there's a lot of money at stake, Andy, and there's a lot of pressure uh, for football to resume because of Sky money, BT money. Pay players' wages to find. Um, it, what's how do you get around that quandary then? I think each club has to look at it based on their own circumstances. Um, I think BT and uh, Sky Sports should um, negotiate with them, either share the pain or you know come up with a percentage for each club, um, and each club to discuss with their own staff regarding where they can make savings. Um, and do it together as opposed to trying to come up with a one-size-fits-all. So as a football fan now, forgetting the economy for a minute or two, and and obviously you're very 
correctly pointed out the seriousness of the whole world that we live in at the moment. Um, would you be happy, if that's the right word, for football to return behind closed doors? Could you see any situation, any decision that football makes where you, you walk away? Or do you think there'll come a time when hopefully this all goes away and everybody's healthy and we're all back to some sort of normality where this can all be forgotten and you'll be back to being just the same football fan that you were before? I'm not sure we'll ever be the same um, again, Ian, but um, I can't see any scenario where uh, football is played behind closed doors. It's a, a sport for the working man, really, although money's in it now, but really for the for the, for the the people. Um, playing football with no atmosphere would be appalling for the players, and in my opinion, would put them at risk. Um, any employer has a duty of care to their staff, and I just cannot see at this present time how you could play behind closed doors. So, yes, football will be back, but only when it's safe to do so. I think when we all go back, it will be a very emotional time. Um, I can't wait for it to come back because it will mean everybody's safe. I can see all my mates and watch the fabulous Man City football they play. So um, I hope that's soon, but only when it's safe for me. Lots of people who've been talking to me on this podcast have expressed very similar sentiments to you. And it worries me that I'm not taking a proper sample here because obviously I invited people to contact me and express their views. I've not massively expressed views on Twitter, but I've given some indication as to, to where I stand on this. I'm certainly not a, a fan of playing behind closed doors. But what I didn't want to happen was that this podcast just been became a, a mirror of, of reflecting my own views. Do you feel in the community, and I know where you are, you're in a different part of the country. I've been down to visit your branch and I've met you. Um, do you feel as if this view is something that's widely held, maybe of supporters of other football clubs and also in the community of people who can take football or leave it? Uh, well, first of all, within Western Supermare Blues, um, I've not heard anybody uh, in all of our group chats that think we should be playing behind closed doors. Um, being on Twitter, same as you, as you, you are, Ian, I've not really heard many people that would advocate that, although some perhaps from an economic front. But I think the vast majority of fans want to see their team play with a full stadium. So um, I think you'll find very few are for this playing behind closed doors. And yet so many journalists who are writing editorials are saying it's inevitable, it will happen, uh, You know, stop fighting it, this is going to happen, it's the only way forward. What do you say to them? Um, well, I would ask them why they feel so strongly um, that that's the case. Uh, some may um, think it's because of economics and uh, the poor position that some clubs are in. Um, some may have other vested interests. Um, certainly financial fair play, in my opinion, should be scrapped at this point in time. Um, you know, and, and those clubs that are better off, ones perhaps at the top of the Premier League, should be able to help others, in my opinion. Um, let's all pull together, one big community, put rivalry apart, aside, and let's support all the clubs because they're so important to each of the communities. Well, from Andy, next up is Harlan. Harlan, what is football at a moral crossroads? You're a younger fan. If they make the wrong move, football now, and it's playing behind closed doors or other things that you don't approve of, might you consider walking away at your youthful age? Or would it not matter? Would you always stay loyal? No, I'll, I'll always I'll always stay loyal, and it's, it, it's, it's a difficult question, really, because obviously I'm... I'm football obsessed, so to to rip myself away from from football isn't as easy as just saying, "Oh, that's it. I'm not going to the games. I've had enough." Um, I do agree with you to an extent, and a lot of other fans as well. You know, there's a couple on the podcast that I think are really disgruntled with it at the moment. Tony being one, but um, I don't know. I just think morally at the moment, I can understand what people are annoyed about, um, but walking away from football isn't something that I can I, I can I can really consider and. So, you know, so let, let me play, let me let me say this then, right? You 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 go to every home game, right? Yeah. So let's say football resumes and the next five home games, um, you know, are all plays played behind closed doors. Um, the FA Cup semi final and final, if City were to get past Newcastle, played in an empty stadium, so no trip to Wembley. Um, and obviously in the Champions League, City get past, this is all hypothetical, but get past Real Madrid yeah. and uh, there's no trip to Istanbul, it's behind closed doors. 
Yeah. Would you still? So then, all that happens. City. Let's 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 be really optimistic. City win the Champions yeah. League in an empty stadium in Istanbul. They win the yeah. FA Cup in an empty stadium yeah. in in at Wembley or wherever it would be played because it doesn't have to be played in Wembley if it's behind closed doors. Yeah, and then course. next September, October, November, whenever it is that the next season starts, you'd you'd just go back to normal. Yeah, I mean it's it's a difficult one to think about really when when you look at it like that and you go you've gone you've gone from watching games live to behind closed doors back to live again. It's going to be a bit of a weird transition, but I mean I can understand where you're coming from in regards to I imagine missing big moments like that and you're not being there and you're having to watch it on TV. But just from a personal perspective, obviously you understand. I don't get to many away games at the moment, obviously different reasons financially um, you know I can, more accessible tickets now which is which is great going into next season but I, I I get myself ready for a game at home like I'd get myself ready for for a game at the Etihad if, if you want to call it that and I, I get myself G'd up get my shirt out get pumped up celebrate every goal like I'm in the ground you know it, 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 it's just something that I do and it, and, and, and it kind of helps me when I'm not at away games then I watch the blog afterwards I feel like I was part of it because of how inclusive you are. So for me, I can connect a bit more with the games if they were players behind closed doors because I don't get to many away games. But for so, people so, like so, yourself, right? Yeah, and again, every game. thank you uh, uh, for saying that. But right, so it is the better one then for you. Um, second leg against Real Madrid, empty stadium, no atmosphere. You can hear the players shouting. You'd normally be there. That's a home game. How do you feel about that? You being excluded, does that does that yeah, it's, does that it's damage the relationship you have with with football? It's, it, I can understand. It's creepy. That's the word. It, it, it's creepy to watch. It's creepy to watch on TV. I've watched highlights of Champions League games when they were placed behind closed doors before the pandemic uh, arrived, and it's creepy to watch. It's weird hearing football players communicating in different languages, and. It's not quite right. It doesn't sit right. But I don't think it's going to damage the relationship with football because as long as the ball's being kicked and we're playing and I can watch the boys play, it it, it does affect me because I'm not there and I want to be there. But but we're playing football and, and, and that's all that matters. I want the football back. And if the football can come back in any shape or form right now, I'll be I'll be happy for now. And then when we go back to next season... And we start afresh, fingers crossed, and we're back in the ground. I'll be buzzing. Well, that was Harlan. Uh, the final uh, contributor to this podcast is Ben. Uh, is football a moral crossroads, Ben? What do you think? It does feel like so for me, Cheesy. Um, the problem is, I think there's, you know, this is unprecedented times for all of us, uh, which calls for, I guess, unprecedented actions. And I think this is a time where I think all football teams need to open the books and come together and sort of find a solution here. You know, there's more in, there is literally more important things than football, unfortunately. I say that as a diehard blue, you know, I travel over literally land and sea to, to watch our team in blue. But, you know, until it's publicly safe for us all to be there and in the stadiums, because no one really wants to watch it with an empty stand in there. Um, you know, we all want to be at the game. So my, my humble view is that, you know, until it's safe and right to do so, we shouldn't be thinking about starting any football matches yet. The implications are obviously football contracts, but, you know, people just need to use logic here. Extend the contracts where possible and, you know, wait until the season could be con- con- continued again. So I'm just appointing you the president of world football and you can make any decisions you want. Yeah. Your decision is um, it comes back when everything's safe or is there any yeah. room for behind closed doors, um, compromises, lifting the spirits, all the different arguments that have been made about football returning in a different way than we used to? For me, I don't think it's possible, unfortunately. Um, uh, you know, football is there for the fans. It's, it's, it's a sport for the fans, paid for by the fans, in essence. So there's, just, there's no need for this to sort of start without the fans. I think the you know, teams and footballers don't want to play in front of empty stands so you know, I, I think also speaking from a, on, on behalf of most players they would also probably prefer to wait until you know the, the stands can be full again and you end this podcast perfectly because you're in lockdown with your child who I can hear uh, in the background <laughs> yeah. there and and, yeah. and this just shows how difficult life is for everybody which is 
it's probably the, the thing we should finish the podcast on. It's difficult for you, it's difficult for me, it's difficult for everybody, isn't it? Exactly, yeah, no, it's touching all parts of life. And as much as, you know, Saturday afternoon, usually about watching the football, you know, it's given us all time to sort of reflect, spend time with our families and love and dear. Um, but yeah, I mean, as, you know, we'll all sort of welcome football back as, as and when, but, you know, there are more important things in life. But as, you know, as you rightly say, you know, there's family that we all need to protect right now. And by going back out into the open, 60,000 people in a stadium just doesn't sort of seem logical for me. Well, thanks very much, Ben, for being the, the last contributor to uh, to this podcast. This is the Forever Blue podcast. Thanks very much to lis- for listening. Um, hopefully it's given you some thought, some debate. Feel free to um, continue the debate on Twitter. I'm at Ian Cheeseman, or you can find me on Facebook. Um, obviously, I also do Match Day vlogs, and if you want to contribute to those, next week's Match Day vlog is about Main Road, your memories of Main Road. It uh, doesn't have to be a particular match, a particular goal, the type of themes that we've done so far. It can just be about your match day experience. Uh, you can educate people who never went to Main Road, what it was like, or you can reminisce with people who did go to Main Road who will know what you're talking about. Either way, uh, contact me on social media. The easiest thing to do is on Twitter because uh, my direct messages are open. So you can contact me on there and I'll give you some instructions on what to do and how to do it. Or a messenger on Facebook, for example, um, and get involved. And it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to talk to me for ages. Just get involved. Thanks very much to charleslouis.co.uk. Chartered Mortgages Advisors, who are the sponsors of this particular podcast. I really appreciate your help, guys. And most of all, thank you for for listening. Uh, Keep well, keep safe. And even in these dark times, it's great being a blue.